singing it the last few days, going walking around, bebopping. It's great to have all of you here today. If you're visiting, we're starting a, a brand new series called uh, The New Rules for Love, Sex, and Dating. You say, wow, you talk about sex at church. Yes, we are. Maybe not a lot today, but in week three, we are going to talk about it. But uh, it, it's, it's a thing we do. We uh, do series. Uh, we take a topic, and we take three or four weeks to go through that topic and this particular week is, uh, and the next four weeks, with the exception of next week, because we're jumping a week, we're going to be talking about this, the new rules for love, sex, and dating. And many of you were invited uh, for this. And today we're going to be focusing on the right person myth. The right person myth. You say, well, who is this for? This is an introduction to the series and after we're done today, you're going to say, what about, what about, what about, what about? This is just the introduction. Okay, you've you got to come back in two weeks uh, to hear the rest of it, and then you're going to get a lot of answers. You're going to get a lot today, but it's going to be progressive. Okay, so not, maybe not all of your questions in this regard are going to get answered. Uh, and it's all really about how to have the best relationships. And that's my desire, particularly uh, for our young people here in the house. Uh, I really, really have a strong desire to see you guys succeed at your relationships. And, uh, you you know, if you're here today, it doesn't matter uh, what state you're about. It's it's also for married people. Uh, If you're a couple that's living together, uh, if you're a couple that's considering uh, different decisions about what you're going to do with your next step in your relationship, that's going to help you a lot. But also the marrieds in the house are going to get, they're going to shake their head and go, yeah, I kind of did a lot of that stuff. And, but you can also benefit from this lesson because you can change things right now in your relationship. And also you can help other single people not to make the, maybe the same mistakes that you did in your dating relationship. So it's going to be something that's going to benefit all of us. This is a scripture that we use a lot here in the Lighthouse Church of Christ. Because if you look at society, you see this in black and white. And the Lord said, my people are destroyed from a lack of knowledge. And nothing could be more true in the area of relationships. I want to ask you today, how do you view our society in the area of relationships? Are we doing a good job? in the area of relationships in our society, building, cultivating, preparing people for an awesome marriage, an awesome family, particularly in this area, Southern California. 
And you know, this is a big, this is a very big need because in the 2010 census, the number of single people in the United States went way up. It's now 53% of the population where it used to be 72% of the population were married people. Now it's 47%. You got 53% of the population now are single people and it's growing. And a lot of those people aren't making any transition to the next level. They're stuck. In fact, they have a very bad impression. Marriage is in trouble. And many people just, they they say, I'll I'll never get married. I don't want to get married. I've seen too much carnage. My parents' relationship was bad. My, My friends' parents' relationships were bad. I haven't seen anything good. So why get married? Why move on to that next level? And so people look for all kinds of different alternatives to marriage. Living together. They do lots of different things. But we're going to address something really, really important today that I believe can be a game changer for you. It can change the way you view relationships. Interesting, I just did a wedding yesterday for my nephew. And we talked a lot about this and the preparation for his marriage. And, you know, the whole time, because he's been in other relationships before, he was shaking his head going, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I believe if he gets that on straight, he's going to have a successful relationship. I believe if you get this on straight, you're going to have a successful relationship, independent of what happened in the past. And our society, as I said in the beginning, does a terrible, terrible job. Let's just get honest. 80% failure rate in Southern California as it comes to marriage. 80%. How'd you like to walk in with those, those odds? How'd you like to be standing at the altar with those odds in Southern California, right here? Standing at the altar, taking your vows, knowing you've got an 80% chance that this relationship will fail. In fact, this week, this past week in Mexico City, they're debating implementing a law. And they're going to give people marriage licenses that are temporary. They're debating. This is serious business. In Mexico City, and that probably won't be long for here. They're going to give you a temporary marriage license for two years. So you get married, you're a temporary driver, meaning you got an easy out for the first two years. After two years, why get married? Why do it? Because the failure rate is so bad in Mexico City, in Southern California, that the 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 politicians and the The governors and the rulers want to make it easier for you to get a separation. But they don't really want to address the problem. And today we're going to address the problem. I believe that's our responsibility as a church, as Jesus' church, to address the problem. So if you're here today, you are blessed. Because you're going to get answers. And you can steer yourself away from many of the problems that people have in regard to relationships. And I'm very thankful for the direction that I got early on. And, you know, I want to say this today, that no matter what failure is out there, no matter what you have seen or you have a fear of, it does not have to be that way. It does not have to be that way. God's got a better plan for your relationship. No matter what you've experienced up to this point, in the next four weeks, I really believe are going to help you and the people that you know, you can help them with what you know. Because you're going to be wise. 
particularly our singles people, you're going to have the married people figured out. So pay attention. You're going to be able to say, yeah, I see those married people. They're really stupid. They do not know what they're doing. And you're going to be wise. You're going to go, yeah, I know. But because God gave you wisdom. As we talked about who can be benefiting from this. You know, this this series that we're doing is not going to work real good for the sporting dater. You know what I'm talking about? The serial dater. You're not going to love this lesson. You're not going to love this series. But I want you, if you're a sporting dater, you know the kind of guys that, that go around and they change their name and they, 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 they invent different things. They're playing the game. They, they, they're looking for the fun. They're in it for the sex. They're in for, for, the, for the, just, just the excitement. And you know, these kinds of people, when they get into one of these conversations where let's define the relationship, they'll say, you just did. It's over. The sporting dater. This isn't going to be a good series for you. This really doesn't work. But I want to encourage you, even if you're a sporting dater, a serial dater, I want to encourage you to record these lessons or get the MP3, download it, because you're going to need it later. Because you may hit a point in your life later on a few years. And Yeah, I remember that guy in the, in the white shirt. And, and, and I remember what he said. He talked, about, he talked about dating. And I'm kind of tired of this crazy life, and there's a lot of carnage, and I'm feeling bad, and I don't want to do this the rest of my life, then pull it out, and then you can listen to it. Okay? And one of the points, this is a huge point, and, and this may be one of the points that you write down. Right now in your life is your present tense. And soon this will be your past. What you're doing now will be in your past, which, guess what? Will show up in your future. And it's pesky. It's like a gnat. It's like a fly. Your past won't go away. It's buzzing around and it always shows up at the worst time. You know, a lot of people get married in the morning. They want to start. This is a new day. And it's a, it's a new relationship. It's, it's, it's my new beginning. Guess what? Uh-uh. It rears its head out in the relationship. It shows up in your closet and comes out like a monster. And so... What you can do about that is work on who you are today so that what you're doing today, in a good sense, will show up in your future. And it'll be a blessing. And this is the phrase you can write down. The present will be your past, which will be your present in the future. You got that? That's a little deep, isn't it? That's about as deep as we're going to go in this this series. Your present will be your past, will be your present in the future. In other words, as I just said, whatever you're doing now will reoccur, will rear its head in your future. And particularly in relationships, this is very, very true. In many years of helping people, ministering to people, plus 20 years helping married people, I've found very few couples that have marriage problems. You know what marriage problems are? Whether you put the cap on the toothpaste or not. Whether you squeeze the toothpaste tube from the bottom, the middle, or the top. That's, or we should get separate checkbooks. That's a, that's a marriage problem. And those aren't really a big deal. But what we deal with is not marriage problems. We deal with two people who have problems 
Two individuals who have problems. They get married, and guess what they have? Problems. But it's not a marriage problem. It's a relational problem. It's a people problem. They're dealing with something they brought to that relationship. They had it, and they're just bringing it in, and you got two of them, and it's, it's, it gets kind of messy. And there's a lot of times where I say, I wish we could have worked on this a lot earlier. And that's why we're doing this series. So we can do some preemptive strikes and we can say, let's work on this now so that later we won't have this problem. And if you have friends and you have family and you have people that you know, you can help them. You can help them with this. And let's deal with the married, the the right person myth. What is the right person myth? If you marry the right person, everything will be all right. Ever heard that? When singles are out there, what are they looking for? The right person. Let's say this one together. If, we, if I marry the right person, everything will be all right. Now, come on, you've got you to gotta cooperate here. If I marry the right person, everything will be all right. Or when I meet the right person, everything will be all right. But guess what? As you're out there looking for the right person, guess what that other person's doing? They're looking for the right person also. So you got two people looking for the right person. And when they connect, the chemistry starts to, to charge and be on fire. Because they, they walk around saying, oh, I've met the right person. Especially the ladies. Oh, he's so wonderful. He's the right person. I've waited my whole life to meet him. And when we talk, we can talk for hours. You know, and we connect and we're just, we, the chemistry is so incredible. You know, we go out on dates and, and we can just spend our whole lives together. And you know, there are a lot of uh, dating websites. The first thing that they do when the compatibility, they do a chemistry test. They do a personality study. And because they're trying to hook you up with the right person and then the other person that's online they're trying to do the same thing this is what our society is dishing out right now focus on finding the right person for you and it's a myth and we're going to talk about that today a lot it's a complete myth and let me explain to you why it's a myth two people get together and I said, you know, as I said, the emotions are all excited and, oh, he's so wonderful and I can't keep my mind off of him and he can't keep his hands off of me. And, and you know, we're just so close. And, and then they start to think, well, you know, it's a really good idea before you buy a car to go ahead and try that car. And the same way with the shoe, you know, you wouldn't buy a shoe without trying on the shoe. So they start getting in a sexual, intimate relationship with the chemistry, and then it just throws more gasoline on that hot, raging fire, and they're so in love, and and they're just bathed. Oh, just so much chemistry. Chemistry's all over them. I mean, they're on fire with chemistry, right? Oh, the chemistry. Oh, I found it. And guess what they say? Guess what they say? No one in this planet has ever loved somebody like I love this person. This is the love of my life. 
This is it. The notebook for me. Right? And they think this. But what happens is, you know, they they get in this relationship and then, you know, they, they... they think this idea that no one has ever loved them. Then they get married because they said, man, I found the right person. Let's get married, right? They get married and they realized they had the chemistry. But guess what? They didn't know anything about relationship. And guess what now starts to matter a lot? The relationship. They didn't know anything. They didn't even focus on the relationship. It was all about the chemistry. And there was no relationship. And they have this idea that love, like the song, love will keep us alive. Like, what was the guy's name, the country singer, living on love? Maybe you didn't hear it. Alan Jackson, years a fan. He wrote this song, Living on Love. And he talks about young couples, they're living on love. Guess what? It's like a donut. And you can take the best donut, the Krispy Kreme, I mean, just awesome donut. Can you live on that? And that's what they find out. And there's trouble. There's deep trouble in the relationship. And in that trouble, guess what starts to die out? Chemistry. The chemistry starts to die. That awesome, one-of-a-kind, unique, she's the one for me, I'm the one for her, and she's my soulmate, it starts to die. And then the guy thinks, I can fix that. Let's have more sex. More sex will fix it. Guys think that sex is like a wrench. It'll fix anything. I can fix it. Just give me a wrench. That's what guys think. But then, then the genius idea. Okay, well, how are we going to fix the relationship? The genius idea. It's usually the women. Okay, we're going to fix this relationship. We want to bring more love into the relationship. That doesn't really have a relationship. It's all chemistry. Let's have a baby. Oh, my gosh. Let's have a baby. Let's take two dysfunctional people in their relationship. Let's add another person to that relationship. And then you're going to have a three-way dysfunction. Right? And the guy's like, well, you know, if we're going to have a baby, that means more sex. So, yeah, I'm thumbs up. Let's have a baby. And they go in and have a baby. And the married couples, are, they're not even looking at each other at this point. They're looking straight ahead because they're going, yeah, they're talking about what we did. How did he know? And then she's pregnant. And the chemistry is dying. And the baby's on the way. And the intimacy is not very happening right now. So the guy goes to work, and guess what he sees at work? He's looking around, and guess what he sees? The right person at work. And you say, oh, that scumbag. He's going to have a relationship on the side when his wife's pregnant. What a dirtbag. How could he possibly do that? Let me tell you, this is, the, this is the second most high probability rate of when a man will have an affair is when his wife is pregnant. You know why? 
because he's been focused on the chemistry and the sex and the relationship. There's no relationship. And so he's out there looking for what? More chemistry. And then he sees this woman and she's the total package. She's awesome. She's the best. And they have an affair. And guess what she does? She has the child. She goes a couple of years. She gets herself back in game shape. And then she does the whole thing over again herself. She starts going to the gym. And oh, by the way, there's Jim. Oh, Jim, you and I went to high school together. And she finds the right person. And I'm just going to let you guys in on a little secret, you single people. Married people are really stupid. Because what they do, they do the same thing over again, thinking that there's going to be a different result. You know what that's called? Sanity. And they live it. And you know why the probability of the second relationship is so much lower than the first? Because you're still doing the same thing. And couples are still doing the same thing because the focus is on who? The right person instead of the right relationship. And we're going we're gonna to get into this. And this is, the, this is the myth here, the myth breaker. Finding the right person versus becoming the right person. If you're going to write one thing down today, you don't, you don't want to you know, use all your ink and your pen, okay? You don't want to waste a lot of paper. If you're going to write one thing down today, write this down. Finding the right person versus becoming the right person. This is huge. This is where the Bible comes into play and really teaches us how to be great at relationships. This is, this is so big. And this is the new rule. If you want a new rule, this is the new rule. And this is what I shared about at the wedding yesterday. I said, if you love her, then become the right man for her. If you love him, become the right woman for him. If you do this, imagine two people together that are doing this. Wow. You want to talk about a guarantee, not only for success, but for growth, for love, and for a close friendship. This is a really, really big deal. And there's, a, there's an example of a woman who found this out the hard way in, in this uh, survey group that they were doing. She shared this in the group. She's a single woman. You know, she grew up in the church. She was uh, what we would call a kingdom kid. And... You know, she, she, uh, she embraced, you know, and loved Jesus when she was a child. But then as she grew up, she, she separated. You know, she would still go to church, but in her dating life, she, she would kind of do her own thing. You know, she, Jesus wasn't Lord in the dating life. She was kind of following what was out there. And so she would go to clubs, and she was dancing, and she was dating around and trying to find the right person. And as she's running around doing things that later she was ashamed of, one night she went to a gathering, a, a, a get-together, and she saw this guy. I mean, the total package. Christian background, great job, really good looking guy. And she was just, and then she started to talk with him, and she's like, he's the one. He is the guy. 
And so she came home from that gathering and she sat down with her mom and she said, you know, he's the right guy. He's intelligent. He's handsome. He's educated. He's hardworking. He's, he's a Christian. He doesn't just, he just doesn't talk Christianity. He lives it. He backs it up. He tries to impl- implement it in his relationships. And then her mom told her the most, the most, I mean, just hard thing. She said, honey, I'm just not sure a guy like that would be interested in a girl like you. And she didn't say it harsh. It was just the truth. And she just broke down and she wept right there on the kitchen floor. She just broke down and started weeping. Because the truth just hurt her so bad. And at that point, she made the decision to change everything. She was going to change the way she looked at relationships. She was going to become the right person to attract that perfect guy in the relationship. And it made a huge difference in her life. And so if I was to give you, give you single people today, young people, the right direction in relationships, it would be that. Become the right person instead of trying to find the right person. And this is a phrase, too, if you want to waste a little more ink, you can. Are you? Are you who? Are you who? Are you who? Are you who the person you are looking for is looking for? Did you get that? Write it down. Are you who? Are you who the right Are you who the person you are looking for is looking for? In other words, are you you becoming the person that that right person would see in you? See, because there's a myth out there. There's an idea that says, well, I won't have to become the perfect person because I'm going to find the right person. I won't have to be patient. I won't have to be. I can watch football all day on Sunday because she's going to be awesome. See how long that lasts. Okay? I mean, she's just going to bring me food. She's going to be awesome. She's going to serve me. She's going to keep the house clean. I won't have to talk. I won't have to connect because she's the perfect person. Right? And you're going to search your whole life for that. Good luck. That's for the guys. And for the girls, you're saying, well, you know, I, I, I'm going to marry the right guy. He's going to have a lot of money. Ooh, he's going to have a lot of money. And he's going to be so nice and tolerant. He's going to put up with me, you know, because he's going to be so patient. He's going to have brain dead. He's going to be great. And he's going to do whatever I say. Because he's the what? He's the perfect person for me. Guess what happens through that mindset? Failure after failure after failure after failure after failure. And some of you have lived that. And it's time to stop. I'm going to do things differently. I'm going to eliminate this myth and I'm going to follow the new rule. And you, you and I, both of us could come up with a list. What, what, do you, what do you see? What do you want? Write out the list of what do you see as the perfect qualities that you want to marry or you want a relationship with. What are those qualities? Da-da, da-da, da-da. I just listed them out before, right? Why don't you do this? Work on becoming that. And guess what will happen? You will attract that person. And, and usually in a place like this, in an environment like this, 
you're going to find people that are following the same mindset and you'll connect. And you'll put the, you'll put the horse before the cart instead of the cart before the horse and you're going to work on the relationship first and then the chemistry. You know that you can have chemistry with somebody who doesn't even speak your language? You can have chemistry with thousands of people around the world. You don't have to speak the same language. You can be from completely, and you have great chemistry. Is that relationship going to work out? And, and that's the key. Are you working on being instead of trying to find everything in someone else? Huge point. And when, you're, when you open the Bible, and this is where we're going to get into the Scriptures, because some of you are like worried. Are we going to ever look at the Bible? <laughs> oh, yeah, we're going to look at the Bible. And look at the Bible. But just enough. And I hope you can handle what you're going to hear today. Because sometimes you only need a little bit. And that's plenty. Because that's challenging enough. But when you open the Bible, you'll find very little on how to help you find the right person. Right? But when you read it to become the right person, guess what happens to the, to the words? They just explode. I mean, you will find so much on becoming the right person. The pages light up. And guess why that is? God created us for relationship. Even if you're not a totally all-in Christian, you know, I believe in the Bible. If you're a, a creationalist, is that right? Is that word right? You're a creationalist? Nah. You believe, in, you believe that there's some, somebody who created the creation. That very little. I, I believe in a creation, a, a creator. I believe in that. And understand, God created all of us for relationships. And He knows how we're wired. And He's given us specific, practical direction on how to have successful relationships. The question is, are you open to that? I know all of us want a relationship because we were created for that. But do you want to have a successful relationship or do you want to bounce around? So we're going to look at the love chapter. I read this in a wedding. Turn your Bibles if you have them. It's going to be up on the screen too, but it's nice to look at it. 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 4. And I'm, I'm going to give you the, today some sweet dating skills. Are you ready? And, and let me just say this before we get on to this point. Do you know why our, our society is not really good at relationships? It's not purposeful. Maybe it is, but it's, it's not really out there purposeful wanting to destroy relationships. When you look at relationships and you look at, you know, what would define successful relationships, would you want to watch a reality television of Laura and I, a television show of Laura and I in our marriage? Would that be interesting to you? You know, just us, us walking around. Some of you are weird, but let's be real. <laughs> You wouldn't want to watch that, right? Because it's boring. We sit and have a meal together in the kitchen and we talk about, you know, there's no drama. You know? And, and it's just boring. And then, then add to that, would you want to watch a reality television show with intimacy between two married people? Ew. I don't want to see that. And so what does our world put out there in front of you? puts out their terrible examples because it's entertaining. 
We like the implosion. We like to see the drama. We like to see all the, all the carnage right there in front of us. And that's fine if you want to entertain yourself with that. But please, please, please do not model relationships for your life based on what you see in television. That is just complete garbage. That is a mess. It may be entertaining for you to watch, but don't, please don't live it. Because it will be terribly painful for you in your life. And may hurt the very people that you love. And that's what our society is doing right now. And people model their relationship on The Bachelor. Or The Bachelorette. And they, they, they start to model, I'm, I'm looking for the guy, and then I'm going to have ten guys, and I'm going to go, okay, you get the rose, and you don't get the rose, and you're out, and all this other... <laughs> trust me, trust me, you do not want to model relationships like that. Because it's messy, and people are living it. The very people on that program... I'd love for them to do some follow-up in the last five years. How that's gone. How's it working for you? Not good. 1 Corinthians 13, back to the Bible. Now, this is the Apostle Paul teaching us, and this is, this is exactly what we're talking about today. If you want to have a great relationship, this is what you need to work on. Verse 4, love is patient. Now, what is patience? Patience is a longstanding and willingness to bear with someone. But you're not going to be too pushy. You're not going to overwhelm them. You're not going to try to control them. You're going to be patient with them and work with them. That's what love does. It's patient. And you're not hot-tempered with that person. And some of you are hot-tempered at home in certain circumstances, with certain people, and you think it's the people that are making you impatient. Guess what? Guess who's impatient? It's not the person, it's you. That's what it was in my life. You know? I couldn't get along with my mom and dad, but my friends, you know, we were cool. We could get along. I wasn't impatient with them. I didn't blow my my top with them, but i do it at home. And then I realized, where's the problem? I've got to learn to be patient. And like I said in the beginning, your present will show up in your future because once that chemistry is gone, guess what comes out? Who you were with your closest relationships. Mom and dad. No, never. Because I'm going to be with... You see what I'm saying? But work on patience now. And you can do that without dating. You can do that at home. You can do that in your roommates. And husbands and wives, you can do this. You can redefine your relationship starting today by saying, I'm going to be the man. And I'm going to be the woman. Love is kind. Kind words instead of harsh words. Now, this is a big one. Love does not envy. You know what envy is? And some of you watch this unravel in your families at home in the marriages that you saw implode with your divorced parents. Envy is this. I don't feel good about me. So I'm going to make sure you don't feel good about you. Every opportunity that they get in a relationship, they try to put each other down. Like, you know, husband could come home and say, you know, I, I had a hole in one today. 
Oh, yeah, that's great. You know, my, 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 my two brothers are PGA pros. They've had eight together. You know? And it's always a one-upmanship. It's always, I'm putting you down. I'm going to put you down so that I feel better. I don't deserve, you don't deserve to feel good about you because I don't feel good about me. And it's a terrible element. Instead of saying, I want to lift you up. And when somebody says something about themselves that they, you know, did or happened in their lives, just, just shut up. Say, that's great. Just let them live their moment. And imagine that if we all let each other live the moment and we build each other up instead of trying to always one-up each other. In particular in relationships, this is huge. Love does not envy. It does not boast. It's not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. This kind of love never fails. You want a relationship that will never fail? Work in on being this. And let me just say this. These things do not come naturally. Okay? Chemistry comes naturally. Chemistry, it's in there, it's in you, it's in them. It's natural. This, becoming the right person, takes focus and takes work. It takes effort. It's an ongoing, it's an ongoing growth, education. Somebody's got their voice Bible going on here as they're reading it. But I want to encourage you today to, to work on your relationship. To work on you. Instead of waiting and pointing out the faults in the other person. Each of us got problems. And what God wants us to do, work on me. I want to work on me. Jesus started His ministry with a Sermon on the Mount. And that Sermon on the Mount, He began talking about, Blessed are the... Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Anybody know what's, what that section's called? The what? The Beatitudes. Jesus started His ministry focused on what? Don't do the right thing. Be the right person. Be this and you will be right with God. Be this and you will have great relationships. And the idea that you're going to find the right person, if you're not the right person, is a complete myth. And you might as well do away with it today. Because there's enough failure out there to make it crystal clear it's not working. And you're going to see commercials today. They pop up on my screen. You know, on my email screen, on my, on my, you know, radio screen, internet radio screen. They pop up there. This, is this the person? They show you all these pictures of the ladies. My son, he walked in on me, uh, and saw this, this Pandora radio, and there's all these uh, women plus 50. You know, awesome women plus 50. Are you looking for this? And he's like, why are you watching that? <laughs> I'm not. It's a commercial. It's right, it's right there. It's on the thing. It's on the margin. I'm listening to the... But it's pushing. They're pushing this on you. The myth. 
And you've got to say, no, I'm, I'm not going for that because it's a myth. I know better. God taught me better at church. And then in closing, look at how he finishes this, this chapter out. In verse 11, same chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Look what he says here, Paul. He says, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, or you could change that, an adult. When I became an adult, I put my childish or my childhood ways behind me. This is a mature way of thinking, what we're talking about today. That whole section that he was talking about, verse 4 through 8, is all about adulthood. We need to stop living as children and start living as adults, grown-ups, and building our relationships like grown-ups. And you can start doing that at a very, very early age. Becoming the right person. And guess what? God is going to hook you up with somebody awesome. I mean, who wouldn't want to have a relationship with somebody like that? With all these characteristics. Or at least somebody who's a work in progress in these areas. Somebody who's focused on these areas. Who wouldn't want that relationship? And so I want to encourage all of us today to work on this. And get rid of that myth. And in closing, put these to practice. You say, well, you know, if we go out on a date and I'm, I'm working on being patient and I'm opening the door and I'm being nice, that's boring. No, it's not. It's preparing you for something awesome in the future. You know, and I got trained on this when I was a single man. Because I remember one of the guys that was mentoring me in, in, in my single life. He said, you need to work on becoming a more spiritual, more godly man so that if Laura marries you, you're going to be a, a great husband for her. And, you know, it was, it was some intense talks that we had. But the focus was all on becoming the right me becoming the right person instead of, is she the right person? And the same thing worked for her. So I want to encourage you, and in your family times together at home, remember, whatever's going on at home, and whatever's going on with your roommates, whatever's going on with those friendships that aren't working so good, you know, you can, you can say, well, we're not going to be friends anymore, and you go to the next person, and the next person, and the next person. But somewhere along the line, your present is going to show up in your future. Better to deal with it now. If you can get along with those people now, and my dad taught me that, learn to get along with difficult people. That's what God's trying to help us to understand. Then you can, you can make it through any situation. And then the last one, as I shared earlier, these don't come naturally. It's something we need work on. But let me tell you, it's worth the work. Because you and I, what do we want? God created us. We want great relationships, right? So I'll see you in two weeks. Get ready because we're going to talk about some great, great stuff. But I hope that you can take today and really implement it in your life because it's going to make a great home life. And for you parents out there, you work on this stuff, you get this going, you're passing it on to your kids. Huge. Set them up for success. Have a devotional on this. Talk about it a lot. Let's close out with a prayer. God, we thank you for uh, 
blessing us with wisdom from your word. And thank you that you've made us very similar, each one to 